I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On this latest Rugby League Down South podcast, Broncos unbeaten at home in 2015. And now permanent head coach Andrew Henderson says Brian Noble could still join the setup. Super League Chief Executive Blake Solly shed some light on the bleak times as he was one of those who worked hard on keeping Broncos in the top comp last season. And new scholars coach Jermaine Coleman talks of the project that he's taken on. It's been a big week, lots happening uh, for me personally as well as uh, in the game. Um, a shorter podcast than usual but some um, great interviews and some interesting views for you to uh, have a listen to on this latest episode. Should just add as well, good luck to the League One sides starting their uh, campaigns this weekend, their league campaigns. It's going to be one, well, I say one hell of a league. It's going to be very tough for the Rugby League down south sides. I think um, people have, uh, on general, have said all goals have gone very well in their opening few games. So um, we will see. You know, Hemel have done particularly well in their last two seasons um, since they were put into the semi-professional ranks. So I think everyone has their eyes on League One and what will happen this weekend and over the coming weeks as the uh, league season develops so good work for them we'll have a few of them um, on the next podcast to uh, find out how the early stages of the season are going Uh, not too many of your comments as well um, your tweets or emails uh, in this episode but please do keep them coming always good to read and I'll always try and include them um, whenever I can it's been a rather hectic week for me and I thought it was more important that I um, got this audio out to you so you can have a listen rather than uh, hold on and and put things uh, more comprehensively together as I'd uh, usually like to Um, so let's crack on then shall we uh, Broncos unbeaten at home in 2015 another hard fought victory at the Hive this time uh, over Halifax uh, Facts are a good side this year um, some good players you know I, I've seen Alex Brown their, their big winger on um you know the work we've done with Premier Sports over the years and you know give him the ball and let him let his legs go and he's uh Got some pace. Didn't really see too much of that at the weekend, whether that's the fact that he's not got the pace that he used to have or whether Broncos kept them quiet or, or didn't quite um, allow Halifax to uh, play their style. But they were good down the middle, so some nice uh, things. But Broncos, what, coughing up too much ball, really, giving away possession. And uh, really, um, as we've seen over the last season or two, their own worst en- enemy, really. Um, but for me, arguably, the best result of the year, eventually. Um, the best of the three home wins. To be fair, they could do with a few points on the road if they're to keep in touch with the uh, top four and, and the uh, end of the season Super 8. Six games in, though, if you look at the table. Broncos 8th. Um, a worse points differential, really considerable, when you look at a couple of teams uh, who also have uh, three wins in the championship. Halifax and Batley, the two teams. So Halifax, uh, Batley and Dewsbury um, and Broncos all tied on at six points. The top four, then, Lee, Bradford, Sheffield, Featherston. Um, as predicted, I suppose except Broncos were expected to be uh, in that mix uh, somewhere but league unbeaten so far going well they look well 
very strong, don't they? Um, they conceded the least number of points and scored the most. Says it all, really. Uh, Bradford, too, um, not too far behind as well, but having lost one game, um, Sheffield and Featherstar. Sheffield have only lost one and, and Feather have lost two. So um, Broncos got to keep in touch with them at the moment. Uh, what, just two points outside that top four berth? But uh, as ever, when these differences of this, these uh, gaps get a little bit bigger it starts getting uh, more difficult to catch and obviously over a longer period of time um, but the latest news last week was that Andrew Henderson was appointed as the full-time head coach um, no mention of Brian Noble uh, in the news that the club put out it all seems to have gone a bit quiet after uh, Brian had said on uh, Five Live Sports Extra that uh, he was talking to the club about potentially being involved in some way shape or form and a not necessarily a full-time head coach capacity but um as a i guess as maybe a consultant you know a couple of days a week um sort of working with hendo i know that obviously they they get on well together um i'm sure hendo's probably talked to him a couple of times um in the in the lead up to, to taking the role full-time at the broncos um, particularly if Brian was uh, looking at coming to the club um, but I'm sure they probably talked at plenty outside of that as well so plenty to ask uh, Andrew Henderson but of course started with the uh, the victory over Halifax in our chat after the game on Saturday Hendo, how big was that win today? Oh, it was massive for us to be honest Ian obviously the, I think as a as a group and as a club we've we've faced a lot of adversity certainly um, since we started back in pre-season you know, a num- number of players have been moved on obviously the head coach stepped down We've changed our training facilities, um, you know. There's all that kind of stuff. So we we we've, we have faced quite a lot as a group, and um, you know. But again, like I said, we, our home form has been pretty good, and um, you know, we came in in today uh, knowing that you know we we're going to have to take a big performance to get a result because Halifax are a very good side and a dangerous team at that. And uh, I'm just really proud of of the way that we finished the game today. You know, again, you know, we still weren't. I think we were great, you know, we, we still certainly weren't clinical enough with our execution in the first half, coughed up too much easy possession or silly offloads and uh, backed up with some stupid penalties at crucial times that really put us under pressure and I'll tell you what, you know, the penny's got to drop soon because we're absorbing that much pressure week in, week out, it's going to kill us in the end and um, you just can't keep getting away with it and, um, but what I was really uh, pleased with was that last 20 minutes was probably the smartest we've played all year we were content to just go forward, play direct, run hard with push and just kick to the corners and just grind out those sets and, and we defended reasonably well and, and like I said we, we managed to come through in the end uh, and get that result you know so that's what was pleasing for me was the way we closed that game out in that last 20 uh, what we've got to learn is we need to start games like that you know that will certainly if we if we start games like that we can build off the back of that and it will certainly make the, our jobs a lot easier as, as a team out there but um, you know some big performances for me Reese Lovegrave doing 80 minutes in the middle today I thought was outstanding uh, I asked him to, to really lead from the front today and I thought he did that uh, Ilias McCartney and, and both uh, Reese Williams on the wing I mean the workload for those two guys so it was sensational and um, you know but again I, I could praise pretty much the whole team you know everyone contributed in their own way but I thought those three deserve a special mention even Ben Halliwell I think at fullback was was pretty strong again and, con- and consistent uh, as was Brad Dwight too at hooker so yeah the list can go on can't it really but no I was just just really pleased with the uh, the spirit that we showed and the character because I think uh, team spirit and our uh, togetherness has been questioned in recent weeks and um, I certainly felt that we showed we had that bit of resolve and that bit of togetherness today uh, which I think got us home in the end. You've been given the job full time now, congratulations um, how how, do you, how are you finding it and how is it because 
you look at that side, that's not the side, that's not the squad, that's not the best that you could select. You've got so many injuries, some long-term injuries, some people who haven't featured yet this season. It must be a little bit frustrating from that aspect, but then you see a performance that you know, people talk about winning it ugly, don't they? Um, it, it wasn't the best, but again, you're coming out with two points again. 100% home record. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, mate. And um, I've, I've made it pretty, um, you know, pretty clear that the, the squad needs to be stronger. Um, you know what I mean? Um, you know, we've got a lot of young kids at the moment, and I think if you look at the balance of our top 25, we've got 10, 10 guys in there that are either inexperienced, haven't been playing the game long, like Sean Morris, or they're, you know, we've got nine young fellas here you know, under the age of sort of you know, 21. So, um, you know, that's, that's a big ask in any squad, mate, to, to be relying on five or six of those guys every week, and when, certainly when they're still developing as players and, and learning and, and all those sort of things. So, um, I certainly don't think the, the balance of the squad we got it right at the start of the year and then like you said you add on top of that long term injuries to four of our what you class as more established players it really puts us under under the pump you know and uh, I've made it pretty pretty clear in the press and everyone that I am I am looking for bodies I am looking to bring in people um, you know what I mean to uh, to add to the squad uh, and again there will be established season players that are going to again create competition with places because you know sometimes when you're, you're trying to uh, train with an intensity and purpose and when you haven't got the bodies on the field either it makes it harder to do what you want to do also when players kind of know regardless they're going to be in the team you know it, it can kind of excuse themselves for having a bit of an off day at training and I mean, I, I don't want to go that route, mate. I want players fighting for their spot and looking over their shoulder week in, week out, knowing that, hey, they've got to train hard, they've got to also perform well to keep their position. Otherwise, hey, there's somebody on the back there's going to take your jersey. And at the moment, we don't really have that luxury, um, but I'm hoping that that will be changing uh, in the next sort of six to eight weeks. You've openly said, like you say in the press, you've written the programme today to say, you know, you've made offers to a few players yep. and, and the hope that they will come and join you. How hopeful are you that you will have new bodies this week, next week? Uh, are, you know, the people you've been talking to, are you confident that they will come, that they're interested, that you know, you can, yep. you can get them here? Well, I had, uh, well, I made offers to three players. Um, uh, one was in Australia uh, and two former Super League players. Um, I had an offer from the player in Australia accepted, uh, but unfortunately the RFL have uh, turned him down based on the fact that he hasn't played enough NRL recently. He, you know, he's, he played in an NRL grand final and a World Club Challenge, and uh, I was going to get him over here as a player assistant coach, but unfortunately uh, the RFL have not rubber-stamped his visa application um, based on the fact that he hasn't played enough NRL within the last two years. So that was pretty disappointing. Um, we've had another another player, uh, former Super League player, that's just accepted uh, terms, I believe. I had a, a text uh, this morning off uh, our general manager, so that's pleasing to know. So hopefully uh, we'll have him possibly by next week. And and also the other player that we, we've made an offer to, we're still negotiating with, so I'm hoping to get him across the line. I've also identified a few other targets back in Australia uh, that I'll be speaking to early this week. Uh, and again, hopefully, I'm hopeful there that um, you know that we can get some, some deals done there. But again, if, if those deals are done in Australia, they're probably going to take four or five weeks till they get here. I understand that. So that's why I've sort of made it the, the point of it might be six to eight weeks before we start seeing bodies coming in. You mentioned about the assistant coach as well. Brian Noble on the BBC made it fairly clear that you know he was in talks, he was interested, he wanted to come support you. He's supportive of, of the work that you're doing and has spoken to you about everything Absolutely. that you've done before. Yep. He's a guy that you know we know well, having worked with him. As, uh, is that happening anymore? Is that not happening? Yeah, uh, at this stage, I mean, I don't know where we're at with the guy. I mean, he's in negotiations at the moment. That's where they're at. And um, you know, Brian's made it very clear, mate, that he wants to be here at the club. He wants to be there to support me and also support the club and, the, and its players. Um, it's not just about 
about me, it's about the whole club. And uh, Brian is, uh, would be a fantastic asset to have on board. Um, he'd certainly bring a lot to us as, as a team and as a club and, and whatnot. And I'd love to be here, having him to bounce some stuff off and work with. You know, he's a, we get, we've got a great relationship and some great rapport there. But uh, but again, it's got to be right for Brian and it's got to be right for the club as well. So I know that at this stage, negotiations have stalled a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say it's dead in the water, but... Yeah, I can't confirm that it's probably going to go ahead either. It's, it really is up to whether they can sort of agree those terms, really. If anything, um, I think you may have noticed that Andrew Henderson is honest and upfront um, and says it as it is. And that could even be causing a, a bit of um, tension within the squad, you know, potentially. Um, but, you know, he's been as, as honest as uh, he feels he has to be with the squad at this time, considering where the club uh, want to be. But um, interesting to hear about the potential new signings. And I don't know, the rumour, the chatter is that potentially they could have one for, for this weekend coming. So, I don't know, you may well see some news this week. Again, I don't know anything for certain, but um, that was something that was uh, potentially being looked at. Um, also at the game on Saturday, the Super League Chief Executive was there. Uh, Blake Solly, he was with the club at their business breakfast on Friday as well. Um, he wrote a piece for the Matchday programme as well. Interesting if you uh, if you haven't read that. Always a good talker, always good to listen to, always... Uh, well, he is knowledgeable, isn't he? That's why he's got to where he's got to. Um, and very intelligent. And sat with Sally Bolton, in fact, in the, in the uh, executive boxes uh, for the game. Um, but I caught with him after the game to find out uh, what he made of it, um, what he thinks of Super League this year, and also how the championship integrates with what his plans are for Super League. And um, I guess it was worth talking to him too about the times that he was working with the club, trying to make sure that they stayed in Super League um, what are the back end of 2013 for 2014 when they were going through the rough times because he was uh, instrumental really in, in making sure that a deal with the Hive went through and um, to be fair I think the Hive were very impressed with what the RFL and particularly Blake were, were looking at doing um, so again he was probably a big crucial cog um, in making sure that things happened so I thought it would give me an opportunity to talk to him a little bit more about that too um, a bit of you know a year and a bit on from there so things have settled down a little bit and has obviously been been able to see the club develop um, particularly over the last uh, six months or so so here's my chat with uh, Blake Solly in the uh, in the bar um, after the game so a little bit noisy but I'm sure you can hear Blake here Get your th- thoughts first of all, Blake, on the, on the game saw today. Broncos never do it easy, but what did you think? It was fantastic. Uh, the, look, the game was great. It's um, it was sort of the living, breathing embodiment of everything we've been talking. Now that's unfortunately uh, where my recorder stopped. A very bizarre thing that it does sometimes. Um, it stops after exactly seventeen seconds. If you get over seventeen seconds. Um, it's fine, and then it, it carries on recording for forever, um, supposedly until the disc runs out. Um, but yeah, at that point, I decided it, this was one of the occasions where it wanted to stop. I did realise, though, um, just as I was about to fire the second question, so I reset the machine, and here is the second question. Apologies, you missed the second half of his first answer, but here is uh, Blake Solly. You mentioned about the championship being important in your role for the Super League how much will you keep an eye on the championship this year? Oh, a lot I mean uh, for example we send out a, a, an email to all the Super League clubs every week and it was probably one of the best notes last week to say the championship crowds are up 80% because that means the Super League clubs feel that actually the championship is a great competition and um, I love getting to championship games uh, today was again a great advert for the championship um, so I think for me 
it's important that the championship very strong and at this stage of the season it certainly looks like it's very strong and there's also an emotional attachment to London because they were a Super League club for 20 years and a, a really key part of Super League so for me it's also about recognising that contribution to Super League and coming back here today and watching a game. You spent a lot of time at this club, you spent a lot of time here at yeah. the Hive trying to get this deal through, trying to get the club sort of back into the division when it looked like they might have to fold and that would have caused all sorts of problems but when you look at what's here now, what do you think? Um, it's great. I mean, today was a, a great game. Uh, it's always a worry when you know the doorman at the club. Uh, so saying hello to Trevor today um, was great. And, you know, obviously uh, emotionally have a very, um, a lot of affection for the club. Uh, I grew up in the same town as Hendo. So, um, again, you know, there's a personal attachment to seeing Hendo succeed. Uh, and it was great. I mean, Halifax are a great club coming here with a big uh, away fan base and uh, their directors love coming here and it's just great to see the London in a really healthy state. Winning today means they're in the mix for the, the top four and the qualifiers and you can feel that, you know, the atmosphere in the room after the game. There's a, a lot more life here today than there was 12 months ago. Last year was really hard work after the club sort of were resurrected but how bleak was that time where you were having to deal with things here, trying to get the club going, trying to, you know, get all, everything in place that they needed to do to make sure they could be in Super League last year? Oh, it was amazing. I think um, December 2012, I remember uh, being at Manchester Airport, flying back to visit my family in Australia with my daughter and uh, speaking to David and Tony from the airport to get on the flight back home and uh, tying up the deal. So uh, for me, seeing the life in the club at the moment is, is very rewarding. Uh, it's a testament to David's emotional and financial investment in the club. Uh, it's just great. The club's winning games. It feels like there's been a rebirth. Uh, it's in a stronger position than it's ever been in. And uh, I think the only way is up for London Broncos. Attendances have been down. People expected that with them being in the championship. But do you think you know a winning culture here will change that if they can have a competitive season? I mean, do you think that the things are in the right area for them to build attendances as they go on? Absolutely. I think... Um, Following London Broncos last year was a, an ordeal, I think, in a lot of ways, and I watched more games than most people. Uh, and it takes a bit of time to get over that. So this is their third home game, third home win on the trot. People will get attracted by the fact they're winning games. And especially if they're pushing for that berth in the qualifiers, people will buy into it. And that's what we're hearing across the leagues, that people feel that there's a story and they want to get involved in it as London keep winning home games you'll find another 100 100 here 100 there and I think by the end of the year there's no reason why they can't be getting two grand just like they were last year and for someone who's a CEO of Super League to have a Super League almost like it's been shaken up a bit this year I mean it's you've had the new era you've had a different looking Super League table you know 12 teams could it have worked out any better for you um I don't think so. I, I think the, the structure of both competitions, the Super League and the Championship, is really working. Um, I was at Widnes and Hull KR last week, and that was another game that went down to the last 20 seconds. And you can feel it when you, when you sat in the audience and uh, you sat in the crowd and, and everyone is on the edge of their seats thinking, crikey, we've got to win this game because if we don't win this, we might fall out of the qualifiers or we might end up in the qualifiers. And that's what we wanted. We wanted to make sure that there were no excuses for people to miss games and that's working and you can see it from the increase in crowds from the increase in TV audiences from the increase in sponsorship so from our point of view it's working very well still lots of room to grow and improve 
but uh, the first six, seven weeks of the competition has been fantastic. The Super 8's come at the end of the year. There was a bit of scepticism originally when the plan was announced. I think when you explain it to someone, it sounds really complicated. Actually, in practice, it's quite simple to understand. Do you still think that's going to be the pinnacle? You know, the, the, It comes at the end of the season. It's like three lots of playoffs. Do you, do you think that that is going to be a, a big difference this year? Oh, it is. It's really interesting because people say it's complex and then... Uh, it's funny, in London is the area where people have understood it more so than anywhere else. So if I'm speaking to someone who doesn't know a hell of a lot about rugby league, if you say to someone, uh, what would it be like if the bottom three clubs from the Premiership football and the top three clubs in the Championship played each other over six weeks, what would you think? Fantastic. That's what we've got. So from our point of view, it's just going to be so exciting. And, and, and you can feel it. Um, today, these are two clubs who believe that they should be in that qualifiers competition. And you know right from the minute you got to the ground that both clubs had one eye on that, that division. And last week at Witness and, uh, Witness and Hulk Hour, there were two clubs who had one eye on the division as well for different reasons. And I think that six weeks is going to be amazing when you've got ambitious, well-run, fantastic championship clubs playing against Super League clubs who are scrapping for survival. It's going to be really intense. It's going to be a great competition. And I think it's going to awake a lot of interest in rugby league. And a fan said to me um, one game ago, I think, I think all I've seen so far from the championship sort of reaffirms that none of these championship sides will be in Super League next year because they think that the two competitions are so vastly different. Would you agree, disagree? Uh, or is it too early? No, I'd like to speak to that person because everyone I speak to at Super League Games is saying, Crikey, I'm really worried about being in the championships, uh, sorry, being in the qualifiers uh, because there's some great teams in the championships. So, uh, again, speaking to Hulk Hauer and Witness last week, they got. Uh, views on how good Lee are performing they're worried about Bradford, they know London have got great games in them so from their point of view uh, they're really worried about the competition that's coming from the championships which is exactly what we want we want that competition to be really intense six weeks, if a Super League uh, if a Super League club falls out or a championship club gets into Super League they'll have earned the right to do so and that's what it's always been about so that fan uh, probably should uh, ring up a few of the Super League chief executives because they're really worried about the competition in the championship fascinating to chat with him and uh, i'm sure he'd like to see a very competitive championship this year um and he mentions yeah maybe uh, you know when, when you look at what is happening and the, the top few spots of the championship and when you when you when if you're being honest about it if you make the top four in the championship and you go into the super eights realistically unless you're one of those top two sides that are one of the the standout sides um, are you really going to be able to finish inside the top four of that um, that's that middle super eight? Oh, sorry, that 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 top super eight. So um, yeah, it's uh, you have to be up there, really, don't you, with the top? So when you look at sides like Lee and Bradford, could they sustain a place in Super League and could they make the transition? Yes, quite possibly so. Um, I guess it's the level that you, you look at and you think, you know, that is what at the moment. Uh, Broncos have to aspire to but um, great to chat with uh, Blake Solly about his views on Broncos currently having seen them go through uh, quite a rough time now also in the bar after the game I do the uh, man of the match presentation at, at the as part of my at the hive it was part of my um, duties as stadium announcer so was delighted to announce and the uh, the man of the match decision um this weekend went down rather well with the uh, with the crowd. The man of the match for today's game between London Broncos and Halifax has been given to Reese Lofgren. Yeah. Hey. 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 Reese, congratulations. 
how big was that win this afternoon? Yeah, massive. Um, I think, um, especially after last week, I think um, it was good to go out and put a market down, especially for all the other teams. And I think Halifax are known to be one of the strongest teams in the competition over the last few years. And um, it's good to put, put a market down there. Like, the, the Broncos are getting better, we're improving every week. And if we can keep doing that, we're like them. I think your teammates are being a bit noisy over there, aren't they? Um, Reese, I've just been chatting to your head coach, and he said that that last 20 minutes was probably the best 20 minutes that this side have played all season. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it's um, the first time we've only ball. I think that's, that's the key. We, just, we, we make it hard for ourselves, don't we? I think um, we've got plenty of talent. We've played with footy, but it's, it's hard to back up that many errors all the time. And Endo's been working really hard at us for that at training. We make sure we, we, we complete a training so there's more transfers in the game. And, um, we did that for the last 20 and we relied on our team and they ended up getting two points. We talked up here before the game as well about maintaining the 100% home record. To keep this place and, and keep your winning run going here must be really important to the side. Yeah, of course it is. It's massive. Especially, um, it's a new club. I understand that Broncos have been here for a long time, but um, we're a new squad, we're in a new competition and we're starting fresh and it's important to, to keep that, like you said, that 100% win record and I almost made this place a bit of a fortress. Jaren teams are going to start when it's not coming in. Jaren, the, the crowd was amazing there the last 20 minutes as well. Jaren, you could hear them as well. Jaren, it all makes a big difference and if you get the ball rolling, I don't think it's a tough thing to say. Congratulations. Ladies and gentlemen, your man of the match this afternoon, Reese Lockgrove. worked hard I think in all of the uh, games that I've watched uh, Reese Lovegrove a terrific performance against Halifax and like we say you know 100% record at the Hive um, picking up the the away points is now the uh, most important thing and uh, it's going to be a tough tough ask isn't it Good Friday away at um, Featherstone Rovers so um, we'll see if Broncos can maintain what they did in the last sort of 20 minutes of the match on Saturday as Hendo said earlier um, probably the best uh, 20 minutes of rugby league that they've played so far this season. Um, now also, if we move on, wandering around at the um, end of the game on Saturday, spotted the Scholars coach, past and present. I saw Joe Mabu briefly, um, didn't get to chat, um, but he's obviously keen to um, keep his face in rugby league down south circles. Um, but Jermaine Coleman now taking the role, um, having been uh, involved in the coaching setup and playing at Scholars, uh, then going to Hemel, working with uh, Troy Perkins there, and uh, again playing and um, being assistant coach there, now taking the head coaching role at the Scholars. It's been a tough start uh, for the North London side, a disappointing uh, opening to cup fixtures, to knockout fixtures. Uh, League One, though, as we mentioned earlier, starts this weekend, and uh, it's a big job that Jermaine's got ahead. Uh, here's my chat with him. Uh, after the game on Saturday, he got his views as well on what he made of the Broncos, but we had a good chat about what lies ahead for scholars too Jermaine have you grown I don't know man <laughs> I, I, I didn't remember you being so tall <laughs> I think you got a shot mate <laughs> the age is getting to you London Scholars head coach now um, you were there previously you've done um, you've been the head coach at times haven't you um, been to Hemel now you're back uh, it's a club that, that obviously means a lot we talked we talked to you about before happy to be back yeah very happy mate I'm happy to have the opportunity uh, it's a project there's, there's lots to be done um, but yeah, it's good. It's you know, it's a, it makes sense. It's the next step for me um, t- to go on and, and progress in my career. So um, it's nice. I'm thankful for the opportunity. Obviously, not not great about the way that it came about with Joe as a friend, but 
know, this is this is the world that we're in at the moment. And you love spanning this rivalry, don't you? Because Hemelin scholars don't necessarily see eye to eye, and you've been on both sides of the fence now. I have. I think it's definitely it's normally a spicy game anyway. I think it'll be even more so now. Um, but you know, I, I had a great time at Hemel, and I'm, I'm very thankful for the opportunity that they gave me at that time. Um, I'm, I, and we've put a competitive squad together up there, and I think they'll have a good season. But obviously, I hope their season starts a week after next. <laughs> Obviously, you worked with Troy at Hemel. I mean, let's just reflect on that time. Hemel have been two really good years, haven't they? You know, you've had two really good years there. Yeah, we've had really good years. Um, I'm, I'm progressing each year, and that was that was our target when I first went up there to to make the playoffs the first year, and then you know for us to compete and do again the second year was was a real big thing. of not having that second syndrome, second season syndrome, um, and we managed to do that. And again this year. You know the leagues, the dynamics of the leagues are completely different this year, so it's going to be a massive challenge. But I think, you know, through the southern clubs, whichever one can finish top out of that sort of bottom six, we'll we'll have a good season and we'll be competitive. How big is the job going to be at Scholars though? Because um, they've had a, a tough sort of eighteen months or so, really. And I mean, Joe did his very best. They said that it wasn't, you know, the way they wanted to go at the moment got you in. It, it does seem like there is work to be done. You say it's a project. Yeah, very much so. You know, there's there's lots of things going on, and when one of the one of the attractive things for me about going back, apart from the time that I had there, is is, is the ambition of the club. And you know, Hector, for for his credit, has had that for a long time. And now things are moving. The pitch is ready. The change rooms and the stadiums are getting done. Um, and I think once that's once that's done, that that becomes a real attractive proposition for players. Um, this season's a bit of a transition I think I think with all the building work that's going on and the team's changed a little bit and obviously change of coach now and myself and, and Matt Lambert have come in to do the coaching um, I think it's going to be good I think you know, it's, it's hard work but a lot of the coaching job isn't hard work and you mentioned as well that you'd assembled quite a good squad at Hemel what, what have you got or what have you come into at Scholars um, it's a bit disjointed I, I, I think obviously on the back of two poor results and then the fact that they've got a month off in between and half of that month they've had no coach um, you know it's dropped off and things numbers have dropped off a little bit um, but we had a pretty productive week this week we had 24 and 22 training this week um, I think and I expect players to come back into the mix again this week when, when the season starts and I suppose for me it's, it's, it's about recruiting and building a, a squad a competitive squad Um and building a culture, I think, for this year, that's that's the aim. It's to build the right culture and the right structure and the right environment so that players that do come in have to buy into what we're doing and have to buy into what we want to achieve. Um, and if they don't, then unfortunately, maybe another club is a better a better place for them. And we've said it many times on, on the podcast, but League One this season, it's going to be one hell of a league, isn't it? I mean, it's... It's difficult when you're playing that league in, in previous years. This year, it's going to be even more tough. Yeah, I think I think I think the goalpost changed a little bit. It was a development league, and it's now all of a sudden a very competitive league. Um, but look, you know, London's got plenty of players around that that are got a good quality and need the opportunity. You look at the Broncos game today, and they've got lots of twenties, nineteen-year-olds performing at a decent level. So, so the capabilities of the players are here. I suppose they just need. For me, they need a little bit of experience, a little bit of guidance, and you know, hopefully, I can bring that into the club by with a couple of recruits and you know, add my experience at this level, which is vast. And while you're here, you were chatting with Hendo. What did you make of Broncos today? Yeah, really good, really good. Um, you know, as I mentioned previously, they've got lots of young lads and, and they dug it out and they ground out the result. And um, you know, that game management came that last 20 minutes. They were really good. They, they, they played their structures. They kicked really well. They defended really well. Um, 
I think again, you know, as I mentioned, that experience of playing at this level is is going to come with with time. And at the moment, it's not quite there, but they're digging out the results. And you know, great for Hendo, first win. You know, really big perhaps to him for that. And hopefully, they've got plenty more. Hopefully, get some numbers back as well, so they can link up with us a little bit more. That would be that would be nice. That's Jermaine Coleman, the new head coach of Rugby League Down South. Uh, that League One season is going to be... Uh, I mean, I, I don't even know the adjective to um, to use to to, no, to to look forward to. If you've got a suggestion that you're hearing this in the podcast and you can you can sum up what potentially lies ahead for the League One uh, season in, in one word, um, uh, I'd love to hear from you on Twitter at Ian Ramsdale or on the email rldownsouth at gmail.com. Uh, yes, the League One season is going to be dot 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 what would you say i'll stick that one on uh, twitter later on once this uh, podcast is uh, up on the website and also just uh, wanted to mention a few of you um, probably have um, had contact or read things or um, seen articles or in fact obviously joanna lester was the uh, press officer at uh, the london super league club uh, a couple of years ago so uh, joanna's now covering or uh, working for the uh, the nrl out in um, papua new guinea um, as her as her latest thing, she's been uh, sort of down under in the southern hemisphere for got few years now. But she popped back at the weekend. She was at the Broncos game on Saturday. She sent me a message to say she was going to be there, and we caught up at the end of the game. So uh, just thought I would uh, worth mentioning that obviously someone who has the uh, rugby league down south um, badge close to her heart um, showed her support at the weekend. She's going to go on Easter Monday as well. Um, so good to see that Joanna's doing so well with the NRL and good to see her back watching the Broncos as well and uh, keeping up to date with what is a, um, a hometown club and her dad's a long-term supporter as well caught up with him in the bar after the game so I thought I would mention it on the podcast and say hi um, thank you very much that's it another Rugby League Down South podcast finished for um, this episode and as I say busy times at the moment with myself personally but I will bring you another program as soon as I can hope you've enjoyed this one thank you very much for listening spread the good news uh, tell everyone that the podcast is here get as many people as you can to listen it's all be appreciated and uh, yes I'll be back with another episode very soon